That's in the Bible, episode 29, Bible Facts About Heaven. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, powers at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric. We're glad you could join us today. We've got another show, our 29th, to add to our growing list of episodes and lessons about the Bible and facts about the Bible. And we've got the whole gang here today. We've got Pastor Strobel, we've got Steve, and we have Matt joining us. How are you guys today? Doing well. Doing just fine. <laughs> Didn't knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I thought I'd change it up a little bit, see if you guys could handle it, but apparently not. So, uh, Pastor Strobel, how are things? Things are well, thank you. And Steve? I'm doing just fine, praise the Lord. And the youngster of the group? I'm doing great. All right, you might need to adjust your volume a little bit, Matt, you're a little quiet. Well, here we are, it's been a while again since we've last got together, and... Uh, Let's see, on my end, Matt and I were able to go down, and I know Steve was too, to the uh, Bad Attitude Baptist Blowout, and uh, I think I've got my Bad Attitude blown out, so I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good and happy. <laughs> How about you, I was Steve? I say, I came back with a real bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Matt? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it, it was, was good. It was it was a good time, and and uh, being able to meet uh, Pastor uh, Rockman too. He's uh, I've been saved for about five years, and and uh, he's been a blessing to me. And just to be able to come up to him and shake his hand and, and thank you for uh, all the hard work he's been doing, and and uh, it was just a blessing to be able to tell him thank you so much for uh, just being faithful to, to the ministry. Amen. And of course, you got that picture with him. I and that's actually if you click on our uh, news and more page there's a actually a video and it kind of ends with a picture that uh, Matt took with uh, Pastor Ruckman and <clears throat> I was waiting for Steve or Pastor Strobel to give us their pictures with Pastor Ruckman so we could put those up too you might be waiting well Pastor Strobel's got one I think I, does he? I, I don't have one we, I have one with our, our family from years ago, it was back in 1996 when he preached up here at our church, and yes, so I'm, I'm, I've got that someplace. But that mm-hmm. was in the days I think before the the digital. The digital. So it's realm. probably it's I probably got it someplace on an actual photograph, and I'd have to locate it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think Steve, you said you didn't have one, right? Uh, probably not. You, um, you, he probably has one in his. He doesn't remember, but his graduation picture is probably in there. Oh yeah, yeah, that that I am. I, in fact, I have that on a coffee cup. Believe it or not, here at the house, <laughs> my graduating class with that picture. It's on a coffee cup. Huh. There you go. Amen. I'll have to check that out. I don't think I've seen that one, Matt. That sounded like a hurricane you just went had. <laughs> wow, definitely lost the windscreen. He <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he's got the mic uh, up his nose or something there going on. Oh, How's that? Is that better? As long as you don't breathe, I think you're good. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to hold my breath. It's not easy. 
Oh, well, we've all had some fun here the uh, the last little bit. I, I had some uh, some laser eye surgery, and the uh, the scales are pretty much coming off now. And I'm, you know, I feel a little bit like Paul, I guess, when that happened. I in good company there. Let's keep you humble. <laughs> I should say, well, you guys were at the blowout. I was at Youth Ablaze, and uh, just a tremendous time there. Um, a lot of good preaching, a lot of good. Um, fellowship but just really good quality preaching and teaching and and singing um i also had a chance to meet uh the man that brother steve meets with um before he comes on the program ah and if i remember his name randy is that correct randy randy yep i was with him and his son tonight amen well, he, he had like mentioned that he, had met, that he had met you and and uh told told you that he appreciated the the broadcast and stuff or the podcast and things so Yes. Amen. Yep, that was a blessing to meet him. Seems like he's uh, doing well. And he, like the rest of us, uh, we're, we're kind of eating it up. Yeah, he's doing very, very well. He, he enjoys the Bible studies. Uh, he can't wait for it. He's got his son interested in it now, his uh, eighth grader. And he he wants to come to to hear the Bible taught in, in discipleship form. And, and uh, it's, it's a real blessing. Amen. It's too bad they couldn't space that uh, youth ablaze and and the blowout a little bit so you could we could get both. both of yeah, is it that was good last year when we went. I know that uh, the the people from our church that that went to that. Of course, uh, Tim uh, is the uh, youth leader and brought them. I know Randy and and his wife came. Um, as uh, helpers, chaperones, if you will. We also had some other adults that came uh, just on their own, um, and they they all came back. In fact, uh, the Sunday night, uh, they all gave testimonies um, to what happened there at, uh, at Youth Ablaze. And uh, I, I, Randy asked me what I thought of the testimony service, and I, I told him I had warm tears of joy after I I heard the testimonies because I wasn't there for the service. We were down in Pensacola, and uh, uh, just to hear some of the uh, responses to the preaching, some of the things that were specific uh, encouragements and blessings to each one of them, some decisions that were made um, to to hear, you know, just the the, the change and the tenor of their voice and. Uh, desires that they had uh, was really encouraging and a real blessing it's just uh it's just a great time to 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 be at these things and you know your everyday church service usually isn't isn't quite the um reaching the fever pitch that these like the blowout did but but I, i tell our folks sometimes when we're having revival meetings um it's kind of like in sports when they go to the playoffs mm-hmm. you know everybody likes being there normally but but when you go to the playoffs it's another level yeah. and when you have a blowout um when you have youth ablaze or even a good revival meeting at your home church uh, that's what it's like it's our playoffs yeah amen and it's exciting i mean uh we couldn't wait to get to each to each service it was yeah, yeah. it was like well, if you if you had something like that all the time, it would become like you know your regular church service. Right. right? It would lose its luster. It would mm-hmm. lose its appeal. Mm-hmm. 
and I think uh, they have their place, and uh, I think they're beneficial. Uh, it's certainly an encouragement and so forth. Um, I think people that, that maybe come away with it and say, well, I wish my preacher preached like that or something like that has, has the wrong attitude towards you know, the revival and, and what it's all about. I mean, I think it's there to, to uh, uh, spark the interest, uh, spiritual, um, shake the cobwebs, I guess, yeah. and just help uh, facilitate what really goes on in the yeah. everyday uh, service of the Lord and, and what takes place in the local churches. Amen. And, you know, I think it's such a good place to preach. I think uh, my preacher could, could go there and <laughs> preach, <laughs> preach like that. and Because, and, uh, man, it's, uh, everybody's uh, waiting. You know, they're just waiting for something to shout about and amen about. And mm-hmm. It's good. You know, and one thing that stuck out for me, too, is when uh, the youth group there in uh, Pensacola, they got up and they were singing, and and uh, it, I think it was halfway through the song or, or close to the end of the song, they were all weeping. I mean, they were all singing, and they were all weeping. Some some got down on their knees and were just praying while the rest of them were singing. And and I think back to when I was that young, and, uh, I, you know, of course I wasn't saved back then, but, but even just thinking about peer pressure and getting up in front of a whole, you know, I mean, there was, what, six, seven hundred people there. Mm-hmm. And uh, just weeping like that in front of a whole crowd of people, uh, I would have never thought to do something like that, you know, but the Holy Spirit, I mean, just was in that place. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, in a crowd like that, that want to come and hear preaching and, and they're excited and, and the Holy Spirit moves, I mean, you can feel it and you can, you can see the results as well. You know, I mean, just people uh, just getting right with the Lord and, and uh, you know, coming back to that first love. And, and uh, it was just, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, and I thought Youth of Blaze had the same effect, too. And, yeah. And just hearing the songs, I mean, the, for, for me, the singing was just as powerful, the congregational singing and even the kind of the more special, what are they called, specials that the people were doing when they were singing. I mean, those were very powerful as well, the whole thing. I mean, there wasn't one part that was like, Okay, I can relax for a minute. You know, each 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 thing that happened, and each person that got up, or even the, as I said, the congregational singing was like. Sometimes it, you just couldn't finish the. I couldn't finish the song. You know? yeah. Well, when I get into yeah. places, go ahead, oh, Scott. Okay, sorry. When I get into places like that where you've got a big crowd of people, I'm actually reminded of one of the hymns that says. Oh, for a thousand tongues yeah. to sing with my great yeah. name's praise. Yeah, I guess I there's a couple of ways you could take that song. You know, I wish I own had a thousand tongues of my own to talk, but, mm-hmm. but there's a thousand tongues together sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. give or take a few hundred, whatever. But, mm-hmm. but yes. when you get them all singing in unison, I'm going to tell you, you get a, it's like another song says, Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Yeah, yeah amen. But you know, my son David and and I can sing pretty loud myself and and uh, we were singing to the top of our <laughs> voices mm-hmm. and we could not hear ourselves <laughs> sing. A mm-hmm. uh, friend of my one of my uh, Jason, one of the others, my sons is down there at, at the school. Has a friend that plays the trumpet, and he was playing his trumpet. And he couldn't hear himself play the trumpet. Uh, <laughs> and that's got to be pretty loud <laughs> to be able to drown out the, the trumpet sound for, for the, own, for the uh, trumpet player. So yeah, just to kind of give you an idea of, of, of the volume mm-hmm. and 
not just the singing, but the enthusiastic yeah. responses to the words, you know, and, and that's where a lot of people uh, may have a misconception. We talk about, you know, the shouting and, and the, the, the carrying on of people, and, and, uh, but it's all driven by the message of, of the hymns that's right. and, and the songs that are sung. It's not uh, intended to be a, a, uh, a physical display for people to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the enthusiasm. I, I, I remember your son, uh, Brother Strobel, uh, responding to one of the, the songs that the teens sang, uh, basically saying, in effect, that they thank God that, that they got saved when they were young and they didn't have to go through all of the, the, the troubles and the trials that they were singing about, you know, being, you know, uh, on dope and on alcohol and, and uh, all of these kind of things. I couldn't give you the song per se, but, but that was the gist of it. And mm-hmm. he just got thinking about, you know, the fact that he had been saved at a young age and hadn't gone through that. And, and he just, as I put it in my own terminology, came unglued. and uh, it was it was a real blessing a real blessing i think the only smaller church that comes close to that as far as not being able to hear hear yourself sing was matt's church in the bronx yeah yeah it's it's uh i mean what they've got probably about 40 40 people there Mm -hmm. and it just sounds like hundreds (laughs) and uh it's it's great and i love to go back there and and you know, I have to keep telling myself. And I remember going with my dad. Uh, dad, you went, you and I went one time, and I had mm-hmm. to be like, "Now get ready for this," you know, because <laughs> you're not ready for it, you know. And and I mean, just people are so, you know, it's it's a rough life. Not that it's a rough life anywhere else, but but uh, it's you know, it's rough living in the Bronx, and and to be able to get into a church building like that, and be able to be with other brothers and sisters in Christ, and and get out of that city life, and uh, be able to come in and sing. Uh, those old-fashioned hymns and, and be able to hear some good preaching and and uh, and just hearing everybody just come unglued, you know, and, and uh, if you're not used to that, sometimes it almost feels like a charismatic meeting, you know, and, and it's yeah. definitely not. But when the Spirit gets going, you know, uh, it's not you that's doing it. It's the Holy Spirit, and, and uh, you're just glorifying God and, and just shouting and raising up your hands to the Lord, and, and uh, it's just, it's a good time. And, and it's neat that each of these churches can be different, but still... You know, glorify God, like right. the church in the Bronx, where they they take a they take kind of a long break in between, and they have uh, some some something to eat and something to drink and and yeah. fellowship, and then they go back for more. Yeah, and, and I like it too. I mean that that's given me lasting friendships. You know, I, I was there for about two years, and and uh, you know we we'd have service from about ten to eleven. That would be Sunday school. Eleven to twelve would just be that time where we'd fellowship and have some food and drinks. And uh, and then from about twelve to two or two thirty, we'd have the rest of the service, and uh, and we wouldn't have any evening service. But but you know you'd be there with each other for that long, and uh, it just it was it was a blessing you know being with everybody for that long. And Matt, is the reason because it's just the traffic and the logistics of getting would be getting back in the evening would be tough. Yeah, it's just so difficult. Everybody lives so far away. Um, at the time, uh, Pastor uh, Nicholas Barrett, uh, he, he was living in New Jersey. I believe he's still living in New Jersey. So uh, without traffic, it's about an hour commute. Uh, mm-hmm. But they've got to go over the GW Bridge, and uh, that's always backed up. So sometimes it could take two to three hours. 
Uh, so it's just so much, you know, better just to have it for, you know, four or five hours at once. And, uh, and that feels like a revival of meeting in, it it, in and of itself, you yeah. know, so we'll have to put a link up for uh, pastor Barrett and the church there in the Bronx. So if anybody's Definitely. listening and they're thinking, where is that? I live close by or relatively close by <laughs> so they can uh, go check it out. Yeah it's, yeah, it's off uh, Morris Park Avenue in the Bronx. I can't remember the exact address of it, but it's uh, near the uh, the Bronx Zoo there. Uh, but it is on Morris Park Avenue. It's called uh, uh, Bible Believers Baptist Church. I'll put and a Eric, I was thinking when your friend Mike goes down to see a Yankees game, maybe he could stop in and go to church there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've been... Uh, this is Mike from the uh, earlier podcast that we did, um, the Yankees fan. We've started... Uh, Actually, meeting on Tuesday nights, and so we're hoping to get some more Bible through, and and uh, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I'll suggest that to him since he's already there anyway. Come on. All right. Anything else? And I know Matt's uh, ready to bring us Bible facts about heaven, and and um, I, we I can't believe we haven't had a study on that yet. I guess we haven't though, have we? Uh, we we covered maybe just a tiny bit of it with the doctrine of the great deep, you know, about the where the throne is situated, but that's mm-hmm. about it, I think. Mm-hmm. Doctrine of the deep, and Steve, I apologize again. I was listening to that the other day, and this is before I'd worked out all the technical, <laughs> all the technical things about uh, podcasting and how to hook up a microphone and mute it so it <laughs> doesn't carry through, and and that's one where I think I was. Uh, well, at least I didn't vacuum, uh, but I, <laughs> yeah. I was doing everything else while Steve was preaching. <laughs> or at least Steve he didn't was... say something out loud like, "Oh man, what is going to end?" <laughs> <laughs> I would never, I would that never say that. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be easy on you. I'll tonight. mute that though, man. I'll mute that. I'll, I may say it, but I'll mute it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, brother. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> So, but blessed be the tie that binds. Sorry, I just felt like breaking out in song. <laughs> oh, that's too much fun. But anyway, I sense, uh, and I feel bad, Steve, when I hear that. And it sounds like I'm walking around and doing dishes or what, what I'm doing there. But what were you doing? I, I don't. I think uh, the the microphone magnified everything. the The mic that was picking it up was the mic on my computer, not the. Um, the microphone I have attached now to the mixer, and uh, as a result, it's a condenser mic, and it picks up every little you know squeak. And okay, so if I'm flipping pages through my Bible, it sounds like a leaf storm or something. <laughs> you can hear the uh, toilet flush in the back. <laughs> so, can you imagine trying to teach the doctrine of the great deep out of the street, <laughs> like you're street preaching or something, brother? <laughs> Yeah, it was tough. It's still it's great information, but it's got a little bit more ambient uh, surrounding noise than we we were going for. <clears throat> anyway, hopefully that uh, we've got that solved now, though. Amen. All right. Anything else for the good of the cause before uh, we move on? No crickets yet. All right. So. Um, what else? Something else about the webpage I think I was going to mention. Uh, I don't think we said anything about the video yet, right? About the, no, uh, actually I did. I, I mentioned oh, did. that on the News and More page. There's there's a, a video of the blowout that um, and some of the things within the blowout there that I didn't, I didn't film any preaching. I just 
didn't feel right about doing that, but I did do some of the uh, things leading up to the blowout and the bookstore and and some of the music that was sang and I got I cajoled Steve into uh, doing the man and reporter and and that's in the Bible. <laughs> you know his wife says, just tell him you're not going to do it. <laughs> just tell him no. Oh, amen. But we had fun, didn't we, Steve? Yes, we did. It was good. Yes, we did. It had been 30 years. Well, I'd been there back a couple of times, but, you know, for, for one of those things with, you know, my wife and my uh, David and Jason and Jen and, and then you two, and, of course, Linia was there, and we got to meet uh, uh, Jason and David's roommate, Terry, and and uh, really just had a great time. I mean, there at the services, but also, you know, at the trailer with, with the, the boys and and laughing and, and poking fun at each other and, and just, you know, praying and, and reading and, and answering questions and just all of it was just absolutely tremendous. And, uh, I would I would drive down there and back again just to uh, just to go through that. So it was worth it to me. Amen. Yeah, it was good. <clears throat> How many hours did you drive, Steve? I think it was uh, probably with the stops that we made and stuff. Probably about twenty getting down there, and and probably close to twenty, maybe twenty one getting back. Yeah, let's get them out. Yeah. But we, you know, I didn't really try to push it. Going down was pretty tough. I mean, we were had snow and and uh, detour out of the way around Erie, and had snow all the way down to Columbus, and so, and of course, we couldn't go as fast as what the speed limit allowed with the conditions. So we were slowed up by some of that. And mm-hmm. So, Columbus, where? Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So all the way from Buffalo down to Columbus, Ohio, it was uh, it was pretty nasty. And uh, I know there was some talk before when we were talking about uh, going down that there was going to be some sort of basketball tournament and uh, Matt against you or you against Matt. Did we did we get a resolution on that? that? I don't know that we got a resolution. I mean, I don't think Matt walked over me like he thought he was going to walk over me. I definitely didn't. <laughs> and uh, uh, who won? He got the ball taken away from him a couple of times, and um, I don't know that that either of us really could claim victory. But oh, you're, you're telling us we have didn't a mutual, keep score. I think we got a mutual ex- <laughs> uh, respect for each other. Yeah, Steve we must uh, have lost. Well, it wasn't a <laughs> it wasn't a loss. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, am I telling an untruth or what? No, not at all. I see. Wait, it was hard because it wasn't a one-on-one kind of a thing. It was, uh, what did oh. we play, five-on-five? Five? Yeah, we played five-on-five. Five. We were on opposite teams, and I guarded oh, okay. him. We did play a little bit of one-on-one trying to warm up. Um, that's when I was talking about taking the ball away from him a couple of times. But um, really, um, I was out of shape, so I couldn't have given my best effort. But Oh, uh, now the excuses <laughs> roll out. <laughs> But it took a little I, while, I, but it came. I, I must oh, say, man, I knew Matt, it was coming eventually. Matt, Matt was better than I expected him to be. Wow. It took a while oh, for him to say that, too. Mm-hmm. 
That's a kind of a backhanded yeah, compliment. compliment. <laughs> <laughs> he was better than I expected him to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Well, you take what we you can get. Fun. We really had fun. Uh, yeah. The uh, the style of ball is probably different than both of us are used to. Yeah, uh, it was kind of more like mall ball than it was anything else. I call it barn ball. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, if you if they didn't know you, they probably didn't pass the ball to you. So yeah. Matt and I did a lot of running back and forth, going, "You get the ball? No, I didn't yeah. get the ball." <laughs> so most of the time we were wide we, open too. Yeah, we keep away from the new guys, huh? But <laughs> <laughs> well, we had fun. We enjoyed it. So yeah, <laughs> I'll stick to uh, Can Jam. I'll be in Can Jam. <laughs> well, we'll wait for the summer to come, and uh, we'll do it. I think we should have a That's in the Bible Can Jam tournament. Yeah, there we go. Pastor Strobel and me against you and uh, Matt. That sounds good. I'll I'll be the new. You can throw one. Okay. Then we're good. And I I can learn the game. You you can learn it very well. You're competitive enough. You can learn it real well. (laughs) I've never played it, but I saw my neighbors play it once. (laughs) That counts. Amen. That's that's one we'll have a news and more sometime in the future. Yeah, have a little video have, of that. Have too. a video of that one. <laughs> <clears throat> mm-hmm. I could bring a I could bring the bocce set too. Do that. Sure. Here at that's in the Bible, we're competitive about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do it in Steve's backyard. Let's <laughs> get the hurricane come through again. So it's just the way the house, and it's the way everything's situated there. He's, he's in some, some sort of vortex when you go out in the backyard. It's like a wind tunnel. And he knows the wind when t- people winds. come over, that's how I understand. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, we better go with this Bible study, brother. We could do this. All right, tonight. we could. Okay. Well, let's see. Matt, you all set here? I think I am. All right. So here we go with the Bible facts about heaven. All right, amen. Thanks, guys. It's uh, it's just fun doing this show and this podcast, and and it's it uh, it's a lot of fun, but it's also important. I mean, there's so many subjects that we've gone over that that really have a lot of importance to them, and and uh, and like we've said before, uh, we take the Bible literally. Um, and uh, we believe it is the true, inerrant, perfect words of God uh, in the King James uh, 1611 authorized version. And, uh, and we truly take that seriously. And, and uh, as much as we have fun around here, we also like to take a little time and, and uh, just study God's word and, and see uh, what God has laid on our hearts uh, for the night. And uh, I just thank everybody for tuning in and, and especially people um, writing in on our podcast as well and just uh, you know, thank you so much for the encouragement. I don't think everybody knows how much it really means to us uh, to have encouragement and to actually just see people ask questions and and just uh, write in and be a part of the show. It it definitely really uh, helps us out with uh, just continuing on and uh, and doing these uh, these podcasts. So uh, I want to thank you for that. Um, and uh, our topic tonight is uh, Bible facts uh, about heaven. And uh, this is one of those subjects that really uh, I believe a lot of people don't know a whole lot about. And uh, like Eric said, we haven't done a, a show like this yet, and I think it's real important to do uh, because there's so many people nowadays that, that deny a literal heaven. 
Uh, they deny uh, literal uh, hell, and uh, and they say that you know heaven is just your state of mind here while you're on this earth. You know if you believe that you're uh, you know a, a good person and you're living a good life on here, that that's your heaven. And and uh, but if you make it a bad time down here, it's it's hell and and all that kind of stuff. And they just deny a literal sense of those two words and those two places. But those are real places, and uh, and that's what we're going to go into tonight. We'll go a little bit about the facts. Uh, and I'll ask you some questions and see if you're actually uh, on your way to heaven, if you're actually destined to go to heaven or not. And uh, so I hope you'll uh, uh, keep this on and, and, and listen, and, and I hope it'll be a blessing to everybody. But before we get started here, I just want to uh, uh, say a prayer here and, and ask for the Lord's uh, guidance and help in this study. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that, uh, Lord, for all four of us here tonight uh, doing this podcast, Lord, I thank you for our health. Uh, Lord, there's so many things that uh, go wrong day to day with uh, with our bodies. Lord, they're they're uh, so weak and fragile. And uh, Lord, when something goes wrong, uh, we see how weak we are and and just how mighty and strong and 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 uh, great you are. Lord, what a great God you are. And, and but you're also merciful, Lord. And I thank you for that. I thank you for your Lord, your grace that you've given us um, that we can go through pretty much anything, Lord, knowing that for sure we're going to heaven, Lord, that we're sons of God, Lord, and I thank you for that. I thank you for uh, Eric and Steve and, and Pastor Strobel and, and uh, Lord, just for uh, their devotion to be on this show and, and uh, Lord, just uh, their devotion to you and, and witnessing and, and uh, living for you, Lord. I pray that you'll uh, help all four of us uh, as we walk. Uh, try and walk close to you and uh, please you, Lord, and and I uh, pray that you'll help all those others that are out there, Lord, that are listening to this podcast, Lord. I pray for them. I pray that you'll give them guidance, Lord, through their lives uh, so that they can do everything for you and pleasing for you, Lord. And I pray if there is anybody that's not saved, Lord, that hasn't accepted your finished work on that cross uh, and know for sure that they're going to heaven, Lord, I pray that they'll get saved tonight, Lord, if they're not. And uh, again, Lord, I pray that you'll uh, cleanse me from all unrighteousness tonight, Lord, and, and just help me with this subject tonight. It's an important subject, and I pray that you'll, uh, Lord, give me the words to speak and, uh, and just be with the hearts that are out there that are listening to this. And uh, Lord, touch their hearts and, uh, and give them some facts as well, Lord, that maybe they didn't know about that they can, uh, Lord, uh, go on with their lives for you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so uh, we're going to go over a little bit about heaven, like I said before. And, uh, and like I said before, a lot of people say that uh, heaven is, you know, maybe just a state of mind, that heaven is here on this earth. Uh, but that's not what the Bible says. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. And Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether uh, they be things in earth or things in heaven. So you see here that God shows us that there is a, a definite, definite definition between uh, the earth and also heaven. There's two different places. They're not spelled the same. They're two different words, and they're two different literal places. Now, the question arises, well, where is heaven? You know, I mean, if it's not on this earth, then where is it? Uh, you know, I think about a lot of pictures that I've seen before, and they've got uh, little angels up on, in clouds and saying that's heaven, and, and people with their harps up on clouds and and all that kind of stuff, and white robes, and, and saying that's heaven, and, and all that kind of stuff. But, but what does the Bible say about where heaven is? Well, the Bible says that heaven is up. If you just look up, yeah, that's, that's the location of where heaven is. Uh, turn with me to Psalm chapter 139, verse 8. Um, so many people, again, say that heaven's on this earth, or, or uh, heaven's just up in the clouds. Uh, first of all, we do have to see that they are correct on one thing. Heaven is up. Uh, 139. 
Psalm 139, verse 8. The Bible says, If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. So the Bible says right here that if I ascend up into heaven, so it's up. Now, uh, turn to Proverbs chapter 30, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4. And the Bible says, Who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? So you see here again that heaven is up. Now turn to Mark chapter 16. And the reason why I'm going over all these verses is because you have to lay a groundwork um, because so many people have been just blinded by the news media, it's blinded by the TV, uh, blinded by uh, education uh, from uh, just public school and college and, and all that. Uh, and, and they've been blinded on what the Bible truly says about where heaven is. And uh, so we kind of have to get a groundwork here, a base and a foundation before we uh, move on. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 19 says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. So here, uh, heaven is up, and we see that Jesus Christ now is on the right hand of God. Right now, God is on the throne, and Jesus Christ is on the right hand of God the Father. Uh, Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, verse 51, and the Bible says, and it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Now, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, this is all talking about Jesus Christ, that when he departed, he goes up into heaven. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1 and verse 11. And the Bible says, Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, as ye have seen him go into heaven. Uh, turn back to Acts chapter 1, verse 1. And this is uh, Luke uh, writing the uh, book of Acts here. And he says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began uh, both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. So he was taken up. Uh, and Luke gives us that account that he was taken up into heaven, and the Bible also says that he's going to come back down in like manner. So the, the definite direction that he went is up into heaven. And if you take a concordance, uh, you can uh, look up uh, uh, from heaven. If you look up those two words, uh, a lot of times it talks about Elijah raining down fire off, uh, out from heaven and, uh, and all that. So you've got definitely heaven is up. But where is the exact location of heaven is what we want to know. Now that we've got the, uh, the foundation that it's up, where exactly is it? So for that, you go to Psalm chapter 48. Psalm chapter 48, verse 2. And the Bible says, Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Now this is talking about Mount Zion, the heavenly Mount Zion. Now there's one on this earth, the, the Jerusalem down here. But God's talking about uh, Mount Zion that's on the sides of the north. Now, in a couple minutes here, we're going to go to uh, Isaiah chapter 14. And it's going to be talking about ascending up into uh, the sides of the north. And that all describes where God is. And uh, if you go to Psalm chapter 75, verse 6, the Bible says, For, for promotion cometh, not, uh, cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. So if you see here, it says that uh, promotion cometh neither from the east. So you've got the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Now what's missing is north. And the next uh, verse, it says, but God is the judge. God is north. 
and that's what's missing. And, and uh, the promotion, uh, who gets set up and who gets set down is all dependent on God, which is up north. Um, now that we've got that settled, now where exactly up north is that? And uh, when you look on <clears throat> um, many times before when people don't have a compass even today, or uh, many years ago when there was no compass, people would use the North Star uh, to be able to tell where they are. They could look at that North Star and say, okay, that's due north. Uh, this way is east, this way is west, this way is south, by that North Star. And that would always be an indication right there that that's where home was. I mean, just by looking at that star, they could see, hey, uh, that's where heaven is. The Bible says it, uh, and you've got that North Star to point directly where heaven is. It's due north. And uh, if you also look in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, turn with me there. When you talk about heaven to a lot of people, uh, all they think about is just the clouds, really. They don't really think a whole lot about uh, what's beyond the clouds, where the true heaven uh, is, where God is, where his throne is. And uh, when you talk about that there's three heavens in the Bible, uh, people get confused. And uh, mostly because they've never heard that before. Uh, I was talking to somebody that I was working with today, and uh, I was just t telling her about the study that I'm doing. And, and so she had a couple questions. Well, you know, where is heaven? And I told her, I said, well, it's in the third heaven. And she said, well, third heaven? I've never heard that before. And uh, so she wanted some verses. And so these are the verses that I gave her. And uh, if you turn to the Second Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2, and this is Paul speaking. He says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, such in one caught up to the third heaven. So there's definitely three heavens, and Paul was caught up to the third heaven, and this is where God is. He's in the third heaven. Now turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14. Now this is talking about, uh, about Lucifer here, and this is talking about when he's uh, ascending up into heaven. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 the Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So again, you see here the sides of the north. I will go to heaven to the sides of the north. That's where God is. But look where he had to go to get there. He had to go in verse 14 uh, uh, above the heights of the clouds. So he was on this earth, and he had to go and rise above uh, the heights of the clouds. So that's the first heaven. Now look at verse 13. In the middle of that, he says, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So he goes above the clouds, he goes above the stars, and then look down at the bottom of that uh, verse 13. He says, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. So that's where God's throne is. That's where God is. He's past the clouds, he's past the solar systems and all the stars and the planets, and uh, he's up there on the sides of the north. Now, um, I'm not going to go over it, but uh, just to give you a little story about it, a uh, backstory about it, um, the, the Doctrine of the Great Deep that, that Brother Steve uh, did a while ago. We were just talking about it a little bit uh, before we uh, started this study. And uh, it, the throne is said to be on a sea of glass. And, and the, what it is, is a huge body of water called the deep. And uh, the top of it, uh, the face of the deep is frozen. And that's where God's throne is. And uh, so what that does is that uh, water and that uh, sea of glass separates God's throne to the rest of his creation. 
So you've got uh, the, the second heaven and the first heaven, which is the clouds and the, and the stars, separated by this uh, huge sea of glass. And, uh, and God's throne sits on top of that. And we're going to see a little bit more about where God's throne is and uh, what it looks like and things like that as we go on. Um, but now that the question arises, uh, you know, can we really know what heaven is like? You know, so many people say you can't even know for sure that you're going to heaven. You know, I hear that all the time. Uh, you can't know for sure that you're going to heaven. And then, you know, you tell them uh, about what heaven is like and that God's prepared this place for you. And they say, come on, you can't know that for sure. You know, you can't know all this. Well, then the question arises, can we really know? Well, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Many people use this verse um, to say that you can't know what God has prepared for us in heaven. And, you know, I use this verse sometimes just to uh, tell people, hey, we can't know everything that God has created for us, but we can know uh, some things. First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Uh, so it stops there and you say, well, boy, you know, nobody's ever seen it. You know, we can't see what God's prepared for us. It hasn't even entered into our heart. Uh, what God has prepared for us, we can't know anything. But, but look on the verse 10. It says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So the Bible says here that now that we've received the spirit of God, if you are saved and a child of God and born again, uh, you've had, you've, you've received the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible says that the spirit will, will search out all the deep things of God and all the deep things of God are in this book, in this Bible. And God says that if you've got that Holy Spirit, you can understand uh, these words and you can understand what God has prepared for you. But if you haven't, if you haven't accepted Christ's finished work on that cross and been born again and received his Holy Spirit, you can't know these things. Uh, we can go over them uh, and, and you might understand a few of the things, but you can't truly fully understand uh, God's provision for you until you've been born again. And you'll see that in verse 14 here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the Bible says, but the natural man, that's anybody that's not saved, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I mean, if you have never been born again and haven't received that Holy Spirit, and you're listening to this podcast, and you say, well, that's just foolishness. You know, I, I don't believe that. Uh, the reason why, uh, most likely, is because you have never been born again, and that's something you've got to get settled in your heart and, uh, and understand you're a sinner, and you're on your way to hell. Like all of us are, we were on our, ways to, on our way to hell until we understood that Jesus Christ paid that sin penalty on the cross for us. And if you repent of your sins and accept his finished work on that cross, no works that you could ever do, and you accept him as your Savior, you'll be saved and go to heaven and have a home in heaven. But we'll go on with that a little bit later. The thing that I want to show you here is that God has prepared us a place. For those that are saved, he's prepared us a place. Now go to John chapter 13 with me in the Bible. John chapter 13. And we're going to search this out. We're going to search what the Spirit uh, will reveal unto us. John chapter 13, verse 31. <clears throat> this is Jesus talking to his apostles here. And he says, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, uh, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you, ye shall seek me. And as I said unto you, the, uh, as unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. 
By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye uh, have love one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for thy sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. So Jesus Christ is saying here, I'm going to be glorified. Uh, I'm going to die on that cross, and, uh, and I'm going to gl be glorified, go up into heaven, and, uh, and I'm going to lead captivity captive. But they didn't understand that. The disciples and apostles here didn't understand that. They were looking for uh, God to set up that literal kingdom here uh, with the Jews. Now look in uh, chapter 14, verse 1. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, uh, whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Jesus Christ says here, hey, listen, you know, I'm going. I'm going away. I'm going back to the Father. But don't worry. Uh, you're going to know the way that I've gone. And the way is through me. Through, through me. Is, and only the finished work on the cross is the only way you can go to heaven. And he says here that he's prepared them a place. Look in verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. So God has prepared us a place. It says, if it were not so, I would have told you. And then Jesus Christ says, I go to prepare a place for you. So what I want you to see here is that it's an already done deal, the mansions. The Bible says, in my Father's house are many mansions. So there's already mansions there before Jesus even goes up into heaven uh, and dies on that cross. But then he goes on and he says, I go to prepare a place for you. So what I believe about this verse is that uh, God had already provided those mansions. Those mansions were already built. But now that God, that Jesus Christ has ascended up into heaven, he's going to furnish those mansions uh, with precious jewels and precious uh, uh, just treasures that you could have up there. And uh, when you look here um, in, in the end of John, look at the last uh, chapter in the end of John. I was thinking about this today when I was kind of going over this, and I was thinking about this. Now, God says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, to, uh, to lay up treasures in heaven. Uh, he wants you to lay up treasures in heaven here. For those that are saved, he wants you to lay up those treasures in heaven by fulfilling uh, the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, he wants you to live for God, you read your Bible, to pray, to study, uh, to witness, um, and, uh, and all those things. And he wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to bear much fruit. And when you do that, the Bible says that you will reap. You know, you reap what you sow. And God says he wants you to lay up those treasures in heaven. And, uh, and look in uh, uh, John chapter 21. And verse um, 25, and this is John, the Apostle John, and he says about Jesus Christ, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. So when I was, I was thinking about this verse here today, I was thinking, here Jesus Christ is about 2,000 years ago, almost 2,000 years ago, uh, he was taken up into heaven. And he's been saying that since that time, for 2,000 years, I've been preparing that place. I've been uh, preparing those mansions, your yard, uh, just the whole city, you know, making it uh, just beautiful according to uh, the, the treasures that you're laying up there in heaven. Uh, and what I see here about this verse is it says, 
Uh, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. That's about the things that he did on this earth just for three and a half years. I mean, think about that. The, the things that Jesus Christ did on this earth can't even be written uh, in, in, in all the books in all the world. So just think, for 2,000 years, he's been up there preparing a place for us and how amazing it's going to be for a whole 2,000 years. I mean, I can't imagine it. It's just going to be, it's just going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. And, and if, if you're not excited to go, uh, then, uh, then God says, you know, you need to get your heart right because he says that you need to set your affection up on things in heaven. Now, um, another thing about heaven, turn with me to Psalm chapter 20, verse 6. Heaven is a place that is holy. Heaven is a place that uh, no death, no, no thieves, uh, no murderers, no anybody can get into heaven that has dirty hands. Psalm chapter 20, verse 6 says, Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Also, if you turn to Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, the Bible says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. So God lives in a place that is holy, a place that there's no uh, uh, sinning, there's a place there's no violence, no swearing, uh, nobody's taking the Lord's name in vain, there's no dirty jokes, there's no killing, it's just a pure place where God lives. And we know this has to be, because if you look in uh, Psalm chapter 24, in verse 3, the Bible says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? So he's saying, who, who's going to go into, into heaven to be with God? And it goes on and says, Or who shall stand in his holy place? Verse 4 says, He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. I mean, this is going to be a place that's going to be amazing. It's going to be a place where there's no violence. You don't have to look behind your back. Uh, it's just going to be such a clean place to be. I, you know, I think about being at work all the time and, and hearing those dirty jokes all the time and hearing, uh, you know, just uh, the language and people taking the Lord's name in vain and, and uh, just the worry that I have that I need to, you know, go back and ask the Lord, please, you know, erase it out of my mind. And, uh, and, and I think about that and, and I think one day I'm going to be up in heaven and there's going to be no more of that. You know, it's just going to be praising the Lord. The only thing you're going to hear is just these amazing things that they say about the Lord, about, uh, you know, what the Lord's done in their lives when they were down on this earth and how he's gotten through so much. And, and now we're up in heaven and, and there's just going to be so much joy. And I just can't, I just can't uh, wait for that, you know, and, and, it, and here though, if you look at this in verse four, it says you have to have a pure heart. The only person that can go to heaven has to have a pure heart. Now, if you were thinking about the same verse I'm thinking about, you might be saying, well, how, how in the world could anybody go to heaven then? And the reason why is because Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says for everybody that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I mean, the amazing thing is that even though we have a heart that is deceitful and it's wicked, uh, we don't have a pure heart. So you'd say, well, there's no way we can get into heaven, right? That's exactly right. You know, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I mean, the Bible says that we've all fallen short, that we can't get to heaven because we don't have a pure heart. We've got a wicked heart uh, that likes to sin, that, that likes to uh, go against God's commandments. And God says because of that, we've fallen short of heaven. We can't go. But the amazing thing is that God's grace, that he sent his only begotten son to die on that cross for you and for me. And he says that, listen, if you accept him as your savior, he'll take your sins and bear that on the cross. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says that we can receive his righteousness and he'll put his sins, our sins on him. 
And here in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says it perfectly. The Bible says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. You look at this verse here. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you're justified by his blood. That's the bottom line. You can't get to heaven without his blood washing away your heart, washing away your, uh, your sins from your soul. And the Bible says here that it's only through being justified by his blood. Now, that word justified means that when God looks at you, it's just as if you'd never sinned. I mean, when you look at that, it says justified. And, and the easiest way for me to memorize that is just as if I've never sinned, justified. And uh, kind of when you split that apart, you get that. And the whole thing is that when God looks down on you now, if you're saved, he doesn't look at, at a sinner. He looks at a, 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 the righteousness of Jesus Christ, of his son that never sinned. I mean, that's the only way you can get to heaven. And you see in the book of Revelation, the end of it, it says the only person that can get into that city, into heaven, is uh, somebody that's never uh, 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 told a lie. I don't know about you, but we have all told lies. And you say, well, how can you get to heaven then? Well, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and it talks about all these things that these people can't inherit um, uh, inherit eternal life and can't inherit uh, the kingdom of God. Well, look here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. The Bible says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but uh, before Jesus Christ, I was unrighteous, and I still am. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers uh, of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So there's got to be at least one of those things that, that applies to you. And you'd say, boy, I can't inherit the kingdom of God. But go on, verse 11. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. So listen, we're, we still commit those sins, but we're not labeled as any of those. We're not labeled as a thief. We're not labeled as, uh, as, uh, as, a, as a liar. Uh, now, we commit those sins still, but the thing is, is that we're justified. We're sanctified by his blood, and uh, we can go to heaven only because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's my question to you tonight. Have you been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? That's the only way that you can be justified and go to heaven. The only way. Now, the reason why you want to go to heaven, I mean, people, so many people say, well, why, why in the world would I want to go to heaven? Well, turn with me to Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. Heaven is a happy place. Heaven is a place, I mean, I work in a medical office, and uh, every single day, people, you know, uh, just are in so much pain. As you grow older, even younger people are having hip replacements and knee replacements with sports injuries, and, and uh, it's just becoming more prevalent as the years go on with more things that they do to their bodies. And uh, as weight increases on people uh, with the foods that are being eaten and consumed uh, at these fast food restaurants and all these other places, uh, you get people that have just so much pain, so many problems with their bodies, and, and they're going through life with so much pain, suffering, and their loved ones are dying. Uh, but look at Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. The Bible says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. This is when you get to heaven. He's going to wipe away your tears from your eyes. This is God personally, the creator of the whole universe, is going to come up to you and personally wipe away those tears that are in your eyes. 
And the Bible says, And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I mean, I can't even imagine a time like that where there's going to be no more death. You're not going to see any of your loved ones dying anymore. There's going to be no sorrow. There's going to be no crying. And there's going to be no more pain. I mean, so many people go through pain every day. And, uh, I mean, I can't imagine those people that, uh, that have diseases for 20, 30, 40 years, and then they finally get to heaven and never have that feeling of pain again. What an amazing place that is. Uh, if you go to Revelation chapter 7, verse 16, the Bible says they shall hunger no more. There's so many people that are hungering all over the world. Uh, so many missionaries go out to Africa and to all these uh, third world countries that these people are uh, suffering for their whole lives, so maybe 30, 40, 50 years, and they get saved. And then one day they lift up their eyes in heaven and they have all this. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. I don't know about you, but when, uh, when it's really hot outside and the sun's beating down, uh, it's miserable. And, and, uh, and even when you try and sleep at night and it's just so hot in your, in your house, it's just so uncomfortable. But the Bible says here that there's nor any heat. It's going to be a perfect, perfect temperature up in heaven. It's a place just that's going to be so happy. When you look in Revelation chapter 22, verse 5, the Bible also says, uh, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. The Bible says that there's going to be no more darkness. Uh, you think about um, uh, you know, the darkness that comes about. I mean, the Bible says that there is really nothing good that can come out of the darkness. I mean, God uh, really cannot come to his creation. He has to hide behind the darkness because he is light. I mean, that's what God is. He's pure light. And if we ever had uh, any contact with that light, we would uh, just automatically die because we're such sinners. But uh, the darkness is not good. But God says here that we're going to be uh, uh, holy and righteous up in, up in heaven, and uh, we're going to be able to see him face to face. Now, about four years ago, uh, I was telling you guys about the Bronx, the church in the Bronx there, uh, Bible Believers Baptist Church. Uh, we went to... Um, uh, an outreach ministry, and we went to a nursing home, and we went to uh, some ladies there, I remember, and I remember this one lady's uh, face perfectly. I can't remember her name. I wish I did, but I remember going and talking to her, and I, I tell her about heaven, and I'd say, don't you want to go? Don't you want to go? You know, you don't want to go to hell, and I remember her saying uh, very clearly, she said, you know what? It would just be amazing to go to heaven. I, you know, I'm going through so much pain right now, and, and I've, lo I've lost all my family members, and, and I just wish I could go. But I don't believe there's enough room for me. I don't believe that there's any way that God could have enough room for me to go. And I pleaded with her. I, I remember pleading with her and saying, listen, you, there's plenty of room up there. God made all the stars. Look at all the stars. You can't even number them. If he made that, uh, just imagine how big heaven is. And I remember taking her to John chapter 6, and I went to verse 37. And I pleaded with her, and I said, The Bible says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. I kept pleading with her, and I said, Please, you know, there's going to be plenty of room up there for you. But she never did. She never accepted him. Uh, I haven't been back there. I don't know if she's passed on. 
Um, I pray that she got saved. Um, I still pray for her. I still think about her. Uh, but she just couldn't believe the Bible. And that's what so many people are like today. You know, they see it from the Bible. They see it from the Word of God. And what we went over before in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it's foolishness unto people. They don't understand it. But if you turn to Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 37, the God, uh, God tells us right here, he makes a statement, a very clear statement. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 37 uh, God says, Thus saith the Lord, If heaven above can be measured, and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel, for all they have done, saith the Lord. Now, if you compare this verse with Romans chapter 11, uh, in verses 1 and 2, you see that God has not cast away his people. God has not cast away the Jews at all. And what this means right here is that uh, the heavens above cannot be measured. Because God said if they, if they could be, then God would cast away his people, the Jews. But he hasn't cast away his people, the Jews. We know the prophecy. We know that uh, the Jews are going to come back. God's going to set up uh, the, the thousand-year reign with Jesus Christ down here on this earth. And the Jews are going to be reestablished uh, as a nation down here on this earth. And uh, right here, the Bible says that uh, heaven cannot be measured. That's how big heaven is. It's such a huge uh, place that it can't even be measured. Now... There is a place in heaven, a city that God has built. Now, go to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. This city is called New Jerusalem. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. The Bible says, uh, this is the Apostle Paul, and he says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. So here you see New Jerusalem. This is the city that God has prepared for those that are in heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, for those that have accepted him as their savior. This is a place that he's prepared that we saw in, uh, in John chapter 14 that Jesus Christ told about. That he said that in uh, his father's house are many mansions. This is where those mansions are located, in this New Jerusalem. And, and the apostle, Paul, uh, apostle, apostle John uh, sees he's coming down out of heaven sees this, uh, this new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And if you go to uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 10, the Bible says, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. So the Bible says that, the third heaven, the third heaven can't be measured, but God says here that this, uh, this city here that God has prepared for us can be measured. Now, when you look at this, uh, you see that New Jerusalem, if you look to the next verse, verse 16, the Bible tells us that New Jerusalem is 12,000 furlongs on each side. Now, when you, look, when you study that out, eight furlongs equal a mile. So when you do the math, uh, New Jerusalem is 15 miles uh, long, 15 miles wide, and 15, uh, I'm sorry, 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, uh, and 1,500 miles high. 
Now, if you just take the, the, the width and the length and put that down, now that equals about 40 billion, 144 million, 896,000 square feet. Now, that's just if you just add up the, the, the width and the, and the length. And, uh, but now if you add the height to it, uh, it adds up to 500 quintillion cubic feet. Now, a quintillion is a one with uh, 18 zeros after it. So if you do the math and you allow, say, 8 billion Christians to live in this city, now this is a real liberal uh, estimation. Uh, if you believe that 8 billion people got saved over the last 2,000 years, each person could have a house of 100,000 cubic feet. Now, the average house today is about 10,000 cubic feet. But God says here that this place, if you had 8 billion people Christians living in this uh, city, you'd have 100,000 cubic feet for a mansion. Now, if that's not a mansion, I don't know what is. I mean, here God says that he prepared us a place and he put it out perfectly that he's prepared you a mansion that you can have. Now, go to Revelation chapter 20, uh, 21, verse 18. We're wrapping it up here. Revelation chapter 21, verse 18. And the Bible says, and the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. I mean, this whole city here is just pure gold. Verse 19, and the foundations of the wall of this city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, and it goes on and talks about uh, the foundations and what stones, precious stones they were made out of. Now, if you look in verse 21, the Bible says, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, and, at, and uh, every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it was transparent glass. So you got the street that is up there is pure gold, as it was transparent glass. Now, if you go to Revelation chapter 22, verse 3, Revelation chapter 22, verse 3, the Bible says, And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Think about this. I mean, if you're a Christian today, uh, we have hope in God. We know that we're going to heaven. It's a sure thing. Uh, but the thing is, we've never seen God at any time. I mean, Jesus Christ said, you know, to, to uh, Doubting Thomas, he said, you know, that's, that's great that you, that you could see me and you believed on me now and you were able to uh, almost put your hands through my side and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, just imagine, blessed be those that have never seen me uh, and believe on me. But look here, I mean, eventually when we go to heaven, we're going to be able to see God face to face. We're going to be able to see Jesus Christ and we're going to be able to thank him and give him a hug. And just, uh, you know, when we first see him, we're going to just uh, fall flat on our faces. Every time you see somebody uh, uh, run into a, a situation with a glorified Jesus Christ or, the, uh, or the, uh, the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus Christ, an appearance of Jesus Christ, um, they always fall flat on their face for reverence if they're, if they're, uh, if they're children of God. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to fall fat on our, uh, flat on our faces, and then we're going to uh, eventually get up, and he's going to wipe away our tears, and he's gonna, we're going to walk with him in the cool of the day like he wanted to be with Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1. It's going to be paradise up there, and that's what God says it is. It's paradise. Now, you see here about the throne as well. Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, and we'll go over a little bit of the throne here, and we'll be all done. Revelation chapter 4. This is the throne of God. And uh, it's an amazing thing. Uh, it's going to be amazing to see it. Uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. The Bible says, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven. 
and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne were as a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind, and the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast uh, had a face of a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when these beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before him and sat on the throne, uh, that, him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. I mean, this is an amazing scene. One day we're going to be up there before the throne of God and, uh, I just I just can't imagine a time that we're going to be up there like that. And uh, if you look in verse 3, you see, first of all, there's a rainbow round about God's throne like an emerald, uh, a beautiful rainbow. Verse 5, you see lightnings and thunderings and voices proceed out of the throne. In verse 4, you see these four and twenty seats round about the throne, and that's the four and twenty elders. Uh, verse 5, you see the seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And if you want to see what those are, those are in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. In verse 6, you, before the throne, there's a sea of glass like in the crystal. Now, I was saying about this before. This is what God's throne sits on. This is the face of the deep is frozen. Um, and if you look to uh, the doctrine of the great deep that we've done before that study, uh, you'll be able to uh, learn about that. In uh, verses 6 through 9, you see these cherubim. Now, these cherubim, this is where people get that angels have wings. Uh, like we've said before, angels do not have wings, but these cherubim do. They have six wings. Uh, if you want to learn more about these cherubim, you can go to Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10. And there's also uh, other beasts up there as well called the seraphim. And those are found in Isaiah chapter 6, uh, verse 1 through 3. Now, you say, well, can't the cherubim be angels? Uh, well, God doesn't say they're angels. And go to Revelation chapter 7, verse 11. Revelation 7, verse 11. He lists off what's up near the throne. Revelation chapter 7, verse 11. The Bible says, And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. So you see here that God distinguishes between angels, between the elders, and between the beasts. So you see that the, the, uh, the beast, these four cherubim, are not the angels, and, they're, and, and the angels never have wings. Now, um, the whole thing that I want to get across tonight is we need to set our affections on things above. We need to set our affections on, on heaven, and that's what Colossians chapter 3 says. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, if you're saved and have accepted him as your Savior, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on this earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Uh, if you turn to Matthew chapter uh, 6, verse 19, the uh, in verse 20, the Bible says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I mean, you think about where your heart is tonight. Uh, just... Uh, 
maybe take some time whenever you're listening to this, take some time, some silent time with yourself and think about where your heart is. Is your heart on down here on this earth? Is your heart up in, uh, in things in heaven? It just reminds me of a story that I heard and it's about, um, a man who kept shouting amen. I mean, he was shouting amen all the time uh, for the sermons at church. And uh, a visiting preacher was going to be coming, so uh, someone offered him, someone offered this man that kept shouting amen all the time. He said, I'll give you a pair of boots. If you would just keep quiet for this preacher that's going to come and preach, uh, we'd love it to be quiet. So if you would just be quiet while this guy preaches, you know, we'll give you a pair of shoes. We know you don't have a lot of money, and you, you look like you need a new pair of shoes. Listen, if we give you this, will you be quiet? And so the, the guy that shouts amen said, oh, all right, you know, uh, for once one service, I guess I could I could manage that. So what happens is the preacher comes and the whole night he preaches on heaven and all of its wonders and he just talks about all these things and how amazing and wonderful heaven is and we're so close to heaven and, uh, and we could go at any time. And finally, the man, the shouter that shouts amen, couldn't take it any longer. And he was unable to contain himself and stood up and yelled, boots or no boots, I must shout amen. I mean, you think about that. I mean, we, we've got so many churches today that are dead, that don't shout amen. Uh, amens are good. I mean, the Bible talks about lifting up your voice and, and saying amen and, and lifting up your hands on the Lord. And, uh, and the Bible says that, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's pleasing on the Lord. If you're not doing it in the flesh, but you're doing it in the spirit and you're doing it because you're excited and you can't help it because you hear these great things about what God's done for us and what he's prepared for us in heaven and you can't contain yourself and you shout amen. I mean, you wonder why, you know, so many churches, a lot of them just look like a bump on a log and, and they're just sitting there and they're thinking to themselves, boy, I can't wait for uh, this preacher's message to be over so we can go to lunch. And uh, I truly believe, uh, like the Bible says, that the main reason is because heaven's not as real to them. I mean, you think about it, uh, is really heaven real to you today? I'm, what's more important to most of the Christians today, to worldly Christians, is their families, their jobs, their houses, their cars. Uh, those are all legitimate, legitimate cares, but when you think about it, there's so much more at stake. Uh, at church, um, we've, we've uh, had so many missionary letters saying that the churches have uh, really taken back their support big time. They've lost so much support, the missionaries out there, and many of them have to come back home because they can't support themselves out there anymore. And you think about people saying, well, our economy is terrible and all these things are going on. But look at these people still have two or three vehicles. These people still have huge houses. Uh, and I'm talking to myself right now as well. And, uh, and we all have just all these great, you know, we have cable, we have internet service, we have all these things, and we have great cell phones and coverage. But here these missionaries are doing something for the Lord uh, in trying to win uh, uh, souls to God to go to heaven and lay up their treasures in heaven. And here we are just uh, not caring as much, but caring more about our families and about our bellies and, and the things on this earth. So if I could get anything across tonight, it would be that I pray that all of us uh, tonight or whenever you're listening to this would uh, pray to God and just, uh, just uh, help us to get our hearts set back on heaven and about those things above. Thanks, guys. Okay, thanks, Matt. Uh, a lot there. That's a lot there, as Steve would say. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> covered the uh, covered the gamut. What do you guys have, Dad? Well, I just got. Uh, I just about did some shouting when he started talking about the New Jerusalem and the when they were when he's going over the part in Revelation where uh, they're talking about praising the Lamb, singing mm -hmm. the song to him. Mm -hmm. 
Nothing like a good study on heaven to uh, get you prepped to to go there when it's the right time. Amen. Amen. Talked about a lot of the things that weren't there, and uh, obviously, you know, the whoremonger and the you know liars and all that kind of stuff. But I always add to that list, um, you know, something on a little bit on a personal note. Uh, you know, when I get to heaven, the one thing that's not going to be there is my sin. Amen. And uh, I, uh, I am longing and desiring to be in a place where I won't sin anymore. Uh, you know, it's an offense to the Lord. Um, and I don't want to, but I end up doing it because of the old nature that's still in me. But um, when I get there, it'll be gone, and it'll be gone forever. And uh, I'll be able to sing to the Lord with a perfect voice. I'll be able to give praise with perfect lips. And uh, everything I do will be right, and nothing will be wrong. And, uh, you know, all the glories of heaven, all the sights of heaven, I know are going to be spectacular. But right now, as far as I'm concerned, that's going to be the best part of heaven. Amen. Amen. On another note, uh, a number of times during the study, uh, Matthew referenced um, the mansions up in heaven. And in John 14, he, re- he referenced how the Lord Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. And, uh, of course, one thing that's important to note is uh, you, if, you, if you have a King James Bible, you get many mansions in the New International Version, that verse goes like this, in my Father's house are many rooms. Mm. So um, you're stuck with only rooms if you read the NIV. <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> another, another good reason why you ought to just stick with the old King James. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's good. And I get thinking about that, you know, and I, I believe it. I believe what the Lord said. I believe he, as we've talked about before, he's preserved his words intact in English in the King James Bible, and uh, all the rest of them are... Um, perverted versions of uh, the Bible that uh, do an injustice to the Lord's Word. Amen. But if you just take the Word as it stands, in my Father's house are many mansions. Did you ever stop and think about that? Hmm. He said, in my Father's house mm-hmm. are many mansions. Hmm. Hmm. So it's God's house that's containing all those mansions. That must be a pretty big house. <laughs> <That's> amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. Yeah, that's awesome. Amen. Actually, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You know, one other thing, and and Matt, forgive me if if I missed this in in your study, but, uh, you know, you talked about New Jerusalem, and you talked about the walls and the streets of gold and and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, If you remember, uh, Satan was adorned with all kinds of of stones. Mm -hmm. You find in, um, I believe it's Ezekiel chapter 28, Yep. And remember, if from that study there in, in one of them, I'm, I'm sure I probably covered it in uh, the doctrine of the great deep. But but he was the anointed cherub that covered the throne, and uh, might have made mention of the fact that that the glory of the Lord, which is light, shines through all of those stones and just bedazzles the the universe. And instead of, of Satan's position, now he has a city that has its foundations and walls and so forth that has all of those colors of stones. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the light of that city. 
and there's no shadows, there's no need of the sun or anything like that because he's the light of it. And if you just think about it, that light emanating from that throne going out through all of those colors is going to make the northern lights that people see, you know, from time to time shimmering in the northern sky uh, pale greatly in comparison. Those lights and colors are going to go out throughout the universe and uh, what will be known as the universe, at least at that time, after heaven and earth have passed away. And it is just going to be a spectacular, spectacular sight. Amen. Amen. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because I'm colorblind. <laughs> and uh, I'll be able to see all those colors. Amen. That'll be good. Well, that explains a little bit more about the picture on the website for the rest of you. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you trying to say, Pastor? <laughs> it was just just something that was revealed to me—a word of knowledge. <laughs> Here he goes, speaking in parables again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. It, it, the it, you really it has a nice effect the picture on the website, but it's um, it's not a colored picture per se. It's got one of those. You know, uh, picture effects. I'm sure that you you put on it. So that that's all my point. Well, but I'm sure our, thank I'm sure you our for, listeners knew that. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I knew that's not true color. Okay. <laughs> and he was going for the Three Stooges look. <laughs> now it's now it's four though. Right. Yeah, that makes four. that makes me shimp. I think. <laughs> Uh, yes, we've talked about this before. <laughs> I just couldn't remember if we did it on the air. Huh, yeah, I guess I have yeah. who, who Who was going to be Mo? I guess I that think, was... Uh, I think Matt was. Matt was Mo. You're, you're Curly? Well, you have to be Larry, I guess. You're, you're Curly. Oh, that's right. I'm Curly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we fit, fit that pretty well. well. Who's doing the next show? Well, I think I am. Cool. Can you do it? I am. I'm going to do. Uh, well, we'll see. I got a couple of things thrown around, so not sure exactly what. So we were able to go out on Saint. We had a Saint Patrick's Day parade here. Thousands of people came out. I would have never gone, but uh, some of us from church went out and we passed out some some tracks and we went through them really quick. Uh, we went through about 600 tracks in 20 minutes. Mm. And uh, they had these little shamrocks on them, you know, and they were saying something about uh, it's, n- it's no luck to get to heaven and, you know, no luck involved in getting to heaven. And people were taking them. It was, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty neat. But to see all these people, I mean, there were thousands of people out here, you know, had their hair dyed green and their mustaches dyed green and these shamrocks sticking out of their heads and screaming and shouting and drinking and carrying on. And, and part of me just thought... I thought of that, um, what is it, that painting or picture with the, the cross that's over the, uh, the chasm and, and there's very few going to heaven and the, the great unwashed masses just dropping off into hell and, and it just felt like that. It just felt, just didn't feel good. Yep. Well, we're going out this uh, weekend, this Saturday in Syracuse to go uh, street preaching there for the uh, 
uh, for the game there, or for the uh, uh, for the St. Patty's Day parade. So if you could pray for us, Amen. 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 Uh, also, Saturday we're Lord willing to be heading to Rochester and uh, joining a number of other churches um, in uh, doing a little canvassing of an area in uh, in the city where a man's going to be working on starting a church. So a number of the local churches are trying to help support that, and we'll be driving out there, Lord willing, and we could use your prayers for that as well. Amen. 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 All right. Well, we've outlasted the music, so that means okay. it's. Uh, we'll see you, everybody, Lord willing, next time. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.